Hi, this is Janine Betts, and I invite you to join me on a journey where I help 100 women earn an income online. Today, I wanted to talk to you about, do you need to be a product of your product in network marketing to have success? And I know this podcast is totally going to ruffle some feathers <clears throat> for those <laughs> who are going to listen to it. Um... There was an interesting comment in the game of networking. If any of you know of that Facebook group or if you've heard of Rob Sperry, Rob Sperry was very successful in New Skin Network Marketing uh, MLM for a period of time. And now he is no longer in network marketing. He coaches people in network marketing. And there was an interesting comment in his Facebook group that said, do you need to be a product of your product in MLM to have success? And it was fascinating to see the hundreds of comments that flooded in going, absolutely, you totally need to. You need to have a good story. You need to love your product. If you don't love your product, if you don't have your passion, if you don't have a passion for your product, then that's not okay. And the person who had asked the question was pushing back and saying, really? Oh, you believe that, do you? And he was ruffling feathers too. So I found that very interesting. Do I believe you need to be a product of your product in order to have success? No, I don't. And that statement is me planting my flag and that's just how I'm going to be. <laughs> the reason I say that is I am a proud saleswoman, have been for many years, and I am not ashamed to say that. When I started in network marketing <clears throat> back in 2014, you know, the, the mindset and the attitude of, oh, you don't want to sell. You want to make sure that uh, you're sharing. Don't sell. Just share the product and people will buy from you. And it's, it's funny for me and my mindset and what I've gone through in terms of, of work history where sales is almost like a dirty word, much like the MLM industry is misunderstood and people think it's a scam or a pyramid scheme. I find sales is misunderstood too by a lot of people out there. And unfortunately, the reason that that happens is because there are a lot of people who don't know what they're doing and they give sales or they give MLM a bad name. They give us a bad rap. And you know who I'm talking about. You know what that looks like. It's somebody on their Facebook feed or on Instagram who shows nothing but their product. Um, even if it's meant in a genuine, I love this stuff, nobody cares. At the end of the day, people care about one person themselves. <laughs> so when you're sharing about your product in your Instagram feed or in your Facebook feed, that's not going to get you any interest. Never mind the fact that everybody else who doesn't know what they're doing is doing the exact same thing. And that just becomes noise. That is the billboard we don't see on the highway as we're driving past because we've seen it so many times, we just totally ignore it. So back to, you know, being proud of the sales and I don't think it should be a dirty word. And, you know, awesome people out there like Ray Higdon and Rob Sperry, Tanya Liza, they're working hard to elevate the professionalism, to elevate the perception of MLM. Will that ever be changed dramatically? I don't believe so because there are always going to be more people out there who have a negative experience from somebody who pitches their family and their friends and ruins those relationships. I've actually, I'm I'm one of those. <laughs> when I first started out, luckily my, my sister and my mother still speak to me, so that wasn't an issue. But I have damaged relationships um, that are only 
that I just, I can't fix anymore. People don't want to have coffee with me anymore because they assume I'm going to pitch them, which is really too bad. Um, you know, I'm not just my MLM. I am a whole person, but people tend to forget that. And they think that you're just going to desperately try to sell them something they don't need. <clears throat> but when it comes to being a proud saleswoman, being proud of having that skill set, it goes back to really the crash of 2008, the economy crash, you know, um, I was teaching at the time, I was a French immersion high school teacher, French immersion guys, if you don't know, that's just basically your science, your philosophy and your math, it's all done in French. So it's 50% done in French and the rest is done in English. Anyways, side note, um, there were no jobs. You could be a substitute teacher where your pay was not guaranteed, your work was not guaranteed, and you had no benefits. So I didn't have the luxury of doing that. That didn't work out for me, and I had to figure out something else that would work. And at that time, um, that was tough. <laughs> you know, I decided to join an insurance company, a life insurance company, where I sold life insurance door-to-door. And... That was an eye-opening experience for me. It was probably the most unethical <clears throat> and slimy tactics you could think of that I, were, that I would see being done in front of my eyes that I was taught to do. And luckily I learned from that and I left. <laughs> um, but, you know, going door-to-door -door selling life insurance benefits, selling death benefits for somebody that dies and needs access to money right away is, um, is a whole other ballgame. And let me tell you something. When you're sitting in front of a lady, an older woman in her 80s who lost her husband um, because he committed suicide and your trainer is in the back of your head going, oh, you should sell her more life insurance right now. She's going to need more because of inflation and stuff like that. <clears throat> and uh, that's a low point. You know, that example there of, of sales of the greasy car salesman or, you know, the greasy door-to-door -door life insurance salesman is, is not what anybody wants to be. And I, you know, I learned from that quickly and I left. And I was searching for work. It was a couple of months where we didn't, we couldn't even afford to pay our rent. That was tough. Um, it's 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 humbling when you go to your parents, and you're married, and you're in your twenties, and you can't afford to pay your rent for not one month, not two months, but three months. Um, I'm sure we've we've all been in moments like that where you just don't know what you're going to do. You're working several hours and you just can't find something or you're trying to find <clears throat> work and nothing's showing up. But uh, I, found, I came across this really cool company on Kijiji. They were looking for somebody to do sales and marketing. And I figured, what the hey? You know what? I've got a teaching degree. I have been taught really well on how to listen. Uh, to speak very little, maybe I'll be good at something like this. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be a contradictory salesperson and and not talk all the time. I, I love my podcast, by the way, because I can talk forever. <laughs> and um, so I applied, and I got the job. Um, and I got the opportunity to be tutored by this entrepreneur who had a really clear vision on how he was going to serve companies that had a major problem 
with their business. Um, most of you know, and, and this is how sales works, right? Most of you know that when you're in sales, when things are great and things are busy, you don't have time to prospect. You don't have time to make cold calls. You don't have time to reach out to people. You're busy serving the clients you already have. And he had found that a lot of businesses were suffering from that. You know, the reps would be too busy to do anything and they would have no new leads coming in, no new people who were interested in doing business with them. And when the reps, when their sales reps had closed out their business, they would be in a horrible lull. They would have no new pipeline, no new sales coming in because the activity wasn't maintained at a consistent level. And so my mentor, the, the, this entrepreneur of this small company, this marketing and sales business, was able to ascertain that. And he approached businesses who didn't want to hire a full-time salesperson or they already even had full-time salespeople, but they just they needed somebody else to just do lead generation. And it was extremely smart. Um, the business was very successful for several years. It's actually no longer operating, but it was very successful. And from that, I learned how to be a professional saleswoman. At the end of the day, sales is handling objections. Sales is you know getting people closer to what they need, what they're looking for. Um, you're handling objections and you're answering the questions and you're talking about benefits that that customer is going to get. Sales is to me figuring out what the customer needs, asking the right questions and then helping them get what they're looking for. You're going to share the benefits that they're going to take advantage of and you're going to answer the questions that could become up as objections or as additional questions. You're going to answer those. That's what sales really is at the end of the day. The mentality of uh, I need to make this deal, I need to make this commission, or I need to sell this person. When they don't need something, that's not sales. That's desperation and that has no place in the sales world. Now, unfortunately, that's not something that I can control, but to me, that is the proper definition of what sales is. <clears throat> so I am a proud saleswoman. So when I talk about being a product of the product, do you have to have an amazing story with the product? I don't think you do. I think you can be enamored and absolutely adore and love the process of wanting to help people, help them find a solution to their problems. The vehicle or the solution, as it were, the vehicle should not matter. So if you're in a health and wellness business and you happen to be selling essential oils as an example, I don't, but this is just an example, then that's the solution that you have chosen to work with and that is the solution that you are going to help your customer with. It, it doesn't matter if you don't have an amazing story with essential oils. You're trying to help them. And even if you don't have an amazing story with essential oils, there are lots of people in your MLM who do. You can bring in stories like that. People shouldn't have to rely on you to be the person who goes, yes, I use essential oils and I lost weight or I cleared up my eczema or whatever. You don't have to be the person that shares that story. You can have a passion for saying, yes, this can help you with X, Y, Z. And here is why. Here is a great story of my friend so-and-so who experienced the exact same problems and essential oils helped her. How did they help her? Well, they helped her with A, B, C, D. 
that's what you need to do. This is what sales is in your network marketing business. So this is, and this is not for everybody. Like I said, I know I'm planting my flag in the ground here. Like Steve Larson always talks about, this is, this is meant to, you know, shake some people up. And I realize that the majority of people are totally not going to agree with me. Um, you know, I come across a bunch of different people in MLMs and they absolutely would die for their product. They love their product. It's changed their lives. That is awesome. I'm really happy for them. And it's great that they can share that type of passion. But there is nothing wrong with just helping people for the sake of it and doing that through sales. I think that's awesome. And it's why a lot of people I find more men in MLM tend to focus on the business opportunity because that's the story they want to share. They may not have a great story with the product or the reason why they joined the MLM may not be product oriented. It might be because they really love the vehicle of MLM. When I say vehicle guys, by the way, I'm talking about um, opportunity or the means to the end. They might really like the vehicle of MLM because of what it affords them. You can build a team, you can bring on customers, there's an opportunity for residual income and bonuses and everything that comes with it. That might be why they joined. It may not have been for their product. There are people who are in MLMs that sell travel opportunities. That's not a product. Maybe you don't travel. right? This, this idea of being a product of the product shouldn't matter. If you have a genuine need to help people, then you will understand, you will learn the stories that matter and you will ask the right questions of your potential customer or potential business uh, representative. That's what you're going to do. It's what I do in my day job. I sell software to companies across Canada. Do I use all parts of our software? We use some. Am I absolutely enamored with it? Has our software changed my life? No. (laughs) Let's be frank. It's software, right? So when it comes to helping my customers, I'm trying to figure out what do they see value in and how can I apply that to what they're looking for in the solution I can offer them. That, my friends, is the key. And what that means is you are choosing the network marketing company you're in for a different reason. And I have a different reason for my own. For those of you who don't know me, this is my third MLM. The first two I didn't have a great experience with, and it was just a misalignment um, in terms of upline. But it was also, I wasn't ready for what I needed to do at that time to stand on my own. And now I'm at a place where I can do that. But the MLM I'm with right now, The reason I'm in it is because the women who I met, they joined that team. They joined that MLM. And when I joined my MLM, I didn't even know what product it was. I just trusted the women that I had met online. I trusted Lindsay Sewell. I trusted Kimberly Olson and had a great conversation. Their their vision, um, their influence and their experience online, their willingness to help is what made me go, I don't care where you go, I'll join your MLM. And that's why I am where I am. That's a very different story than I fell in love with my product and then I became a representative. And there's nothing wrong with those stories. There's lots of stories out there like that. But mine is different for that exact reason. That's what I wanted to share with you guys today. You don't have to be a product of the product. You can help people with sales And that can just be enough.